Great. Well, before I start, there was something I failed to make mention earlier in class that uh, I wanted to make mention, I wanted to talk about. I unfortunately don't have a piece of the paper uh, with me that has the information on it, but as you all know, I work with the AIM program out in Lubbock, Texas. That's part of Sunset, and every year, uh, AIM has a camp that they do called Camp Adventure. Um, we, we have two that happen throughout the year. We have one in January. Uh, I can't remember the exact date. I think it's like mid-January or like towards the end of the month of January, but it's called Camp Adventure Weekend, um, where you come to Lubbock and you get to spend time uh, with the AIMers, the current AIM class. They kind of are like the counselors of the, uh, of the camp, and you get to usually have a guest speaker, and they speak about, uh, I think this year's theme is called Submerged, so we're gonna be talking about like being submerged in Christ and what that does for our lives and how that transforms us. And so, not only do you get to hang out with the Amers, you get to hang out with other uh, youth, uh, other people your age. Uh, the weekend one's kind of geared more towards uh, the younger youth, so kind of like middle school uh, to like younger high schooler uh, age kids. But then we have a week-long one in March, and that one you do out in White River Youth Camp. Uh, has anyone, have you all ever heard of White River? And that, so it's a, it's a Bible camp out there. Um, I think it's in, oh, Oh, where is it? Spur, Texas, out there in that area. And so we have a camp out there. We used to host it in Lubbock, uh, but we saw, because of the pandemic, we had to move it. And we kind of saw success having it more out there. There's more freedom to, uh, for the, the campers and the aimers to kind of explore and hang out and have fun. Through that week, you get to see the, the different aimers present their fields and where they're going. Um, you, we get more guest speakers, and we, we'll talk more about being submerged in Christ. But something that's different about the week-long one is that us aim assistants, us staff who have been to the mission field and lived in these different foreign places, will actually cook y'all's meals. But we won't cook just normal uh, camp food. We'll actually cook you food from the places we lived. So in Brazil, last year, we cooked them uh, something called coxinhas, which are like little chicken dumpling things. Um, they look like teardrops. And we also made something called feijoada, which is like rice, beans, and, and meat with a bunch of spice and stuff. So you get to try different meals from around the world, as well as get to know the aimers. And you kind of get to see what life in AIM would be like a little bit if you're interested in that. And if not, it's just a great camp to go to and to get to know more people in the fellowship with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So if any of you are interested, parents or other people, if you know others um, and other churches around, um, I'll, I'll I'll, I'll send you a picture of the information, but that's something if you're interested in, um, I will, would love to let you know about. But yeah, it's called Camp Adventure. All right, now let us get started. Growing up, anytime, every Sunday, um, there would be communion. And every time, I'd always, I'd always see them pass the plate, um, the plastic, pass the plate with the, with the crackers or the, the bread and then with the juice. And I always thought like, man, church is so cool, they have a snack time in the middle of their service. I always thought it was so neat. Of course, when I was younger, I didn't understand what communion was. Um, but I always thought it was something very interesting. And it was always cool to kind of look around and see when people would take communion, see my parents, they'd, you know, they, would, they would bow their heads and they'd close their eyes and they'd start praying. And I'd be like, why is everyone praying? And I'm like, I'm like why, why, why do we take a sip of grape juice and then take a bit of like, what looks like to be a cracker and then just kind of pray about that? I really wasn't, I didn't fully understand growing up. And even as I got older, when I became a Christian, it was more explained to me. It's like, oh, the Lord's Supper communion is, we're told to take it in the Bible, and it's supposed to represent, you know, the wine, is, or not the wine, but the, the grape juice is supposed to represent Christ's blood, who died on the, uh, was shed when he died on the cross, and his body that was killed on that cross. And I was like, okay, so it's a way to, like, I guess, memorialize Jesus, which it is, it is. Um, but even then, I had a hard time kind of understanding 
what, what, what I needed to do during the Lord's Supper. Um, I remember as an early Christian, about like 14, 15, I would take it and I would just kind of pray this prayer. I'm like, God, I just hope um, that you, we have a great day. And just kind of prayed this very simple prayer, which I don't think was wrong either. But it just felt very, I don't know, I felt like I was missing the point. And maybe this is something a lot of y'all have kind of experienced or even struggled with. It's like in communion, like what is it necessarily we're supposed to really think or pray about? And it wasn't until I went to AIM and uh, we took a class, I think, called New Testament, yeah, New Testament Church. And, of course, we go through the different aspects of what the New Testament Church did and what makes a church and, like, different aspects of that. And one of those uh, was communion, Lord's Supper. And so, of course, we focus, we turn our focus to 1 Corinthians 11. If you have your Bible, uh, please turn there to 1 Corinthians 11. I'm sure this is, this is a, a passage very well known about talking about the Lord's Supper. We'll be starting in verse 23. And I remember context, when Corey, our director, was teaching us this class, um, he said these, he explained it in a way that really made sense to me, and that I really like to share with you guys, but what he shared, I feel like, has just, can do more for us, not even, not even here in, during the Lord's Supper and in church, but even outside of the church. And so let's start. In verse 23, it reads, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. Oh man, I'm sorry. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which, I get, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Verse 26. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Or some versions might say you might be proclaiming <clears throat> instead of announce. Continuing on in verse 27, so anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Of, of the Lord. Verse 28, that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ... You are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And so when, it, when, when Corey had read this to us, I was like, of course, yeah, I know this verse. Um, you hear it a lot, a lot of times when people go up and give a communion thought um, or do a, like, a little devotional before the offering. They're like, let's talk about this. It's like, as, we, as we take the Lord's Supper, we, we see what the, the grape juice represents and what the bread represents. So I was like, yes, I've heard this before. But when Corey really started to dissect it, he said three things that, uh, that really stuck out to me. Three things that we should do when taking the Lord's Supper. And whenever he said these three things, I'm like, wow, that really makes a lot of sense. So, of course, we need to examine ourselves. He's like, that, that's, a, that's a fact. He's like, so you need to examine yourselves. Make sure you're in the proper mindset. It's like, but in that mindset, there are three things I want you to do when you're doing this. One is to commemorate Christ. And the word commemorate essentially kind of means it's the same thing as remembering someone. You know, he says, do this in remembrance of me. It's a, commemor it's a commemoration of Jesus. Number two, it's a proclam proclamation of Jesus. We, it says that right here at the very end of, where'd it go? Of verse 26, your versions might say proclaim, mine says announce, but it's this idea of being like, proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is my king, taking ownership. He's like, this is my king, this is who I serve, proclaiming it. And then the third thing uh, Corey said to us that was, I was like, that really kind of struck me. It was like, you need to celebrate Christ in this moment. Like, celebrate Christ. How do you celebrate Christ in a moment where things are quiet, when everyone's bowing their heads 
whenever they're taking the Lord's Supper. I'm like, that doesn't look much like a celebration to me. Whenever he said that, I was like, a celebration looks like, you know, putting your hands up and like doing a little dance or whatever. That's celebrating. It's like, no, but this celebration is different. It's a deep celebration. It's a memorial for Jesus and what he did for us. But it's more than that. It's like, why don't we take this time to thank him and to celebrate what he did for us? It's a good thing, you know, that he died on the cross for our sins. It gave us, it gave us salvation. It allowed us to have the chance to have a relationship with him. So those were the three things he said to us. He said, you need, when you take the Lord's Supper, when you examine yourself, you need to ask yourself, am I, am I commemorating Jesus in this moment? Am I proclaiming Jesus in this moment? And am I finally, am I celebrating Jesus in this moment? This idea that when you're praying, when you're ask, when you're, when, after you take communion, that you're, you're remembering what he did for us. And you're like, and then you, you proclaim that as like, Lord, you're my king. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for your sacrifice. And I just ask that I can take this moment and I can live a life that's worth, worth living for you. And then celebrating that, being grateful, feeling happy that this happened. But then he went a step further for us. He's like, no, don't, no, don't only just do this in communion. He's like, what are you doing about this outside of communion? I'm like, what do you mean? We kind of asked him that. He said, are you proclaiming Jesus? Are you commemorating Jesus? And are you celebrating Jesus outside of the church? He's like, what are you doing at the grocery store? What are you doing at home at your apartments? What are you doing at area church? At the time we were in Ames, so we, did different, we, went, we would go to different churches in the area. It's like, what are you doing when you go home for break? When, you, when you're back at, uh, with old friends and with your old family? Are you living the example and living the life that Jesus set before you? He's like, because these three things aren't just limited to right here in the church building when we take the bread and the wine. He said, it's a way of living, it's, a, it's the way we need to live life every day. And he, whenever he asked that, I kind of posed that question. I was like, am I really doing that? Because as I might claim to be a Christian, but am I, am I showing that to people? We kind of talked a little bit about that today in class, this idea of sending a good example about the way we speak, uh, the way we control our angers, the way uh, we view people. Are we discriminating against people? It's the same thing here. Are we living an example of a life that proclaims Christ every day? Do people know that you're a Christian? And do they know that you follow it? Do they know that when you, excuse me, that you're not afraid to show what you believe, that you're proud of it. I know for a long time it was super hard for me to kind of wrap my, idea, my head around this because in high school, I used to get kind of teased about being a Christian. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, there's Gabe. He won't be able to come to this thing because he's got church on Sunday. He's got church. He won't be able to hang out with us. It's like, oh, we can't do that when Gabe's here because he, he's a Christian. And of course, at that time, for some reason, maybe it was just how I, my brain worked, but I was just like, I viewed that as a negative thing. It's like, man, people can't have fun. I'm the boring guy because I go to church because I'm a Christian, because of who I follow. For a long time, I just kind of kept that to myself. If anyone asked if I was a Christian, I'm like, yeah, I go to church. But like, it's, it's, it's whatever, you know, we could do whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. That was not the life I needed to be living. I needed to be proclaiming Jesus. I needed to be remembering him in all things that I do. Because if I do that, then I can make better decisions. If I, if I put everything I put everything I do, every decision I make through what I like to call like the Jesus filter, your life will be lived so much more, will, 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 excuse me, will be lived better and more Christ-like. The decisions you'll make, the wisdom that you'll have to avoid certain situations and to make the best decision will impact your life greatly. So I ask you guys again, it's like, are you commemorating Jesus? Are you remembering him and for what he did? And are you also are you proclaiming that to people? Are you, are you being bold about your, about your beliefs 
about who you love and who you follow? And finally, are you celebrating that every day? Not only with one another as Christian brothers and sisters, but with others uh, as well, of the world as well. Christ calls us to share his word. And how can we share the word of God if we're not proclaiming it, if we're not remembering him, and we're not celebrating his life and what he did for us every day? So I challenge you to not only do that in the, on Sunday morning during communion through service, and through service, but to take that with you every day to your life, to proclaim, to commemorate, and to celebrate Jesus. What can you